<laughs> What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to this week's episode of Outside the Arena with Mac and Griff. And today we got a very special guest. So I'm going to let Mac introduce him today. All right. What's up, everyone? It is Mac Rommel. And today we have Jeff Kavanaugh, a big Cowboys YouTuber. And he's also on 105.3 The Fan from 2 to five, two to 7, excuse me, on weekdays. We're excited to have you here, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good. It's nice to see you guys. What's happening? Nothing much. Nothing much. Yeah, so um, let's get the show on the road. Uh, I guess our first question, we kind of want to talk to you about your career a little bit, but also obviously your whole career kind of stems from your, your fandom of the Dallas Cowboys. So we were just wondering, how did your fandom for the Cowboys really start? What was, you know, the first moment in your life where – uh, the Cowboys really became a crucial part of it. Uh, well, gosh, I guess I've been doing the sports radio long enough now that um, I kind of consider myself more of an analyst than a fan. But you're right. I mean, it starts off as you're a sports fan, and then you get lucky enough to get into media, uh, and then you kind of go from there. Uh, I was born in St. Louis, so the first 10 years of my life, I was a St. Louis Cardinals and St. Louis Blues fan. That was what I was into. And then uh, we moved to DFW, and I basically adopted the teams right away. So I moved to Dallas just in time to win the last Super Bowl and then be super mediocre the rest of my life. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, that's where we are. I just, I, I just adopted them uh, right when I got here because living in St. Louis as a kid, football was not the main sport. It was, it was hockey and baseball. Uh, but then you get here and you're 10 years old. And from the ages of 10 to 12, you just want to be what all your friends are and all your friends are <laughs> cowboy fans. So <laughs> go. Yep. So you said you were, you kind of turned to being more of an analyst as time went on. how did you start to realize that that's kind of what you want, what you wanted to become? Uh, I think I kind of got lucky. I mean, I've always been way into like, probably my favorite thing is the NFL draft always super into the draft. Um, and so when I was younger, I would like, you know, I consider myself like a teenage expert just because I read the magazines and stuff of other people's work. And I was like, Oh, I can tell people about these players. I know these players because I've read what people say about these players. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I just got lucky and got a unique opportunity because, um, a guy named Brian Broadus, who is now a co-host of our show, 2 to 7, Monday through Friday on The Fan, home of the Cowboys. He ran the NFL draft for the Eagles in 98, and he's been a front office guy and an NFL scout, and now he's a co-host of mine. But when I met him, he was working at DallasCowboys.com as a scout for their website. And at the time, I was in radio but I wasn't really an on-air guy. I got hired to answer phones. So I was answering phones, and then I learned how to move the dials around and run the Jason Garrett press conferences where you're turning people's mics up and all that stuff. And so Broadus was one of the guys that would be at the press conferences asking questions and stuff. And so I was there making my 10 bucks an hour, hanging out, and he was great to me. And he knew – I don't remember how it happened – but he knew I was really into the draft. And he was like, well, you want to study these players? I was like, yeah. And I didn't know his background. I just knew he was a guy that worked for the Cowboys. Nice guy. And so he started bringing me out to Valley Ranch. And we were watching the college tape on uh, an NFL team's cut-ups of these college players. 
And uh, so, you know, without him, I don't get anywhere near where I've gotten with draft coverage or maybe in the sports world at all. And he was just super cool to me for no reason. And now we've been studying the draft together for this will be year seven. So got lucky. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I guess my next question would kind of be, what's your, you know, favorite part about having the radio show and doing, you know, the radio uh, every weekday from two to seven? I mean, that's an awesome job. What would you say your favorite part about it is? Um, gosh, I mean, my favorite part is it's just, it, it's really fortunate to find a job that like you would do it anyway. Yeah. You know, my, my job is something I would do anyway. I would watch all the games and I would talk about them with my friends. And so to get, you know, to have your employment be based on something that you really enjoy uh, is awesome. It's awesome. But I will tell you this five hours is a long damn time. It's a long, it's a very long show. So I, you know, like any, like I think any job you have your frustrations and things can be tough at different times, but yeah, I, I try to remember you're doing something that is fun that gosh, people would kill for this. Yep. And so you try to keep that perspective where it's like, heck yeah, man, watch sports and talk about them, man. Tough break. That's great. That's great. I guess to follow up with that, you said really because of your love for football, it kind of was more natural to you uh, to go and talk about these things. But when you're first starting off, um, if you had nerves, which most of the time everyone does starting with something new, how are you able to combat those nerves and uh, get to the point where you are today where you're really comfortable talking in front of people? Oh, gosh, just reps. I mean, I would say just talking to – how old are you guys? I'm 17. 16. Okay. I would say just talking to you guys right now that I think if you did a radio show, it would be better than my first one <laughs> at 16 at 16 and 17. Cause I remember the first show that was my show, it was me and one other guy and we're, we got to do a, a, a show on the weekend. It was a Saturday show. And I remember that it was from like 10 to two, 10 AM to 2 PM. And so in radio, what you do is you say, okay, we got a show from 10 to 2. Segment number one is from 10 a.m. to, at the time, our clock was four segments an hour. So it would have been 10 to 10.11. And at 10.11, we'll take a break and tease what's coming up from 10.15 to 10.26. So you plan, what are we going to do in each of these segments? And what we planned to talk about at about 10.05 or 10.06 I ran out of stuff to say <laughs> and it was my first show. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do. And there was probably the longest four or five seconds of my life <laughs> where we're sitting in the studio and we're both just looking at each other. Like now what? <laughs> Holy good God. Do you have anything? Can you, is there something to add? What do we do? Uh, and to compound that, I still am terrified of public speaking. I dropped, uh, I do not have a college degree, uh, but I dropped speech five times. And all five times, it was the day you're supposed to give your first speech in front of people. Still terrified of it. Mm -hmm. Somehow radio is different because you're just, I don't know, talking to the people that you're there with or that when we're on location, people who are there like, they know you 
Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's like, no, 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 these, these people are cool. This is no problem. But uh, I'm still terrified of public speaking. And in terms of being able to do it on the radio where it's like now, if we ran out of time, I don't care. Something in my brain will fire and I'll be like, um, Cowboys defense, uh, Trayvon Diggs. Like you just did things will just pop up and it just becomes natural because you've been doing five hours a day for seven years. And so now when you kind of run out, putting the run sheet together can be hard mm-hmm. when you're like, okay, guys, five hours, three segments per hour. We need 15 topics uh, on Monday. And then on Tuesday, guess what? We're going to need 15 more. And then Wednesday, hey, 15 more. And if you really want to drill in down into radio, you don't need 15. You need 45. Because every topic is not worth 15 minutes. So you'll have a lot where you know that, all right, guys, we're going to start with this. But we better be ready to do a lot more. So it's just repetition. You kind of, you just, you get used to it. For sure, for sure. Uh, I want to ask you about your YouTube because I know that's how kind of we both um, we both you know got into you, um, started following you from your YouTube. Um, so how I obviously uh, you do have uh, the radio, but how did kind of the YouTube? How do you kind of start that? Why do you uh, want to expand towards having a a YouTube channel and having posting content on YouTube? So dumb luck again, really. Uh, so this was about two years ago because radio is trying and realizing how big digital is. And so basically our bosses asked all of us, they're like, Hey, we'd really like if you guys would make videos for our website, just like, you know, uh, each day, two minutes, a preview of the show or something like that. And so I was like, okay. And when I first started doing it, it was like, okay. So in order to send them a link, because I don't want to send them a giant file, which a lot of email servers won't even let you. So I was like, okay, instead of doing that, I was like, I'll just upload it on my phone because I have a Gmail address, which means I have a YouTube. So, you know, I started off just a minute or two minutes of whatever. And then I would send the link to our bosses and they would post it on the 105.3 The Fan website. That's what it's for. It's still what I do. The videos that I make still go on our company's website. And so, like, I saw the numbers and everything going up, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and it's, it's, like, to me, it's still really funny to have people, like you say, we heard you on YouTube. I'm like, what? Yeah. No, I do, I do radio. Uh, I was walking my dogs a couple miles down the street by the lake, and a guy, like, my dogs weren't on the leash because it's, like, these cool trails in the woods and whatever. Yeah. And my dogs spot another dog and a guy walking them. And I'm like yelling at my dogs, no, 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 come here, come here, come here. And he goes, hey, you're the Cowboys YouTube guy. I was like, what are you talking about? You live in Dallas. I do radio here. And so I think it's really interesting to see how big that reach is uh, on YouTube. But it started because our bosses wanted videos for the website. And as I watched the numbers grow, I'm still, I copy and paste the link, send it to our bosses. It lives on 1053thefan.com. But so many people have subscribed that they're watching it on my YouTube. So don't tell anybody. Um, Because I also think that, and this is going to be radio career advice. Okay. It's really important. If you get the opportunity um, to grow your personal brand, Mm -hmm. because in radio, you will have a lot 
most radio stations are owned by big corporations. Those big corporations are based somewhere that usually is not where you work. They won't really know all the ins and outs of your station. And trying to find your value, you have to literally have other options, be willing to quit, have something you could do on your own. Uh, radio right now, it can be a tough industry. There's money in it. But it can also be a tough industry where the, the corporations who own it all are like, what are they going to do? Quit? And so you've got to go in thinking, how can I set it up to if I wanted to? Yeah, that's exactly what I'll do. Um, so that's radio career advice. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then also, I guess my next question would be, so you do radio and then you're kind of getting a little bit more involved with your face being on camera through your YouTube channel. Is there any uh, chance or any thoughts that go into your mind about potentially maybe doing things on camera? I don't know. And I think, uh, I think I could, I've done, like I've done TV probably 20 times where one of the local channels, NBC five or CBS 11 or whatever, will be like, Hey, we want to do a Cowboys thing. Can you do this? I'm like, sure. Uh, and so I've done it. I think I prefer like people ask me like, well, what if you could like work at NFL Network or what if you could go scout for an NFL team or what if you could and all these different things? And I'm like, man, what I really enjoy is long form conversation mm -hmm. about the local teams and TV. I guess if there was like, it, maybe I'll create it like a good morning football kind of show, mm -hmm. but it's cowboy centric. I think that would be cool. But I like talking about the local teams. I like doing it long form. I think your ideal sports show, sports radio show should be three hours and not five. But um, no, I think, I think I have the job I want. There are a couple of things about it that I'd love to fine tune and change a little bit. But I don't, I don't think so. I don't, and I still, staring at a camera, I still get nervous. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think radio is for me or maybe, um, like a show that is on YouTube, that it, that lives on YouTube and you can watch it live and then you chop the segments down individually and you post those videos. And then like, there's, there's a lot of ways to monetize these things, which of course I'm not doing because I'm a radio professional, mm -hmm. but there are things you could do if you were so inclined. <laughs> Well, I think on that note, uh, definitely a lot of lessons there for the viewers on uh, on kind of the radio industry. But now I think we want to talk some sports for sure. I think that's something that we hi highly wanted to do with you. So if that sounds good, uh, you want to talk some sports? Come on with it. All right. Let's do it. Um, so, Mac, I think what we want to do each segment or each week, we do a segment where uh, Mac's in this league where he builds a team each week, kind of like a FanDuel type thing, but there's no <laughs> money in it. Um, okay. So he's going to pull up his thing and we're going to build his, his roster first. And then we'll kind of get into uh, the week for the NFL. If that sounds good. Okay. There it is. And this is what we're looking at. So we got all these positions, $200, uh, a $200 budget. And we're really just trying to pick a team that will end up with the most points uh, this week uh, for people out of my school. Okay. 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 So you, you're pretending that I'm going to be really good at this and we can, and I can beat your, your <laughs> fellow students. 
I think we're like one and two right now for the weeks out of like yeah. 50 kids. I think we won one of them and lost like two of them. So, okay. As a guy who pays for a guy, I got a guy that does computer stuff that <laughs> runs the algorithms for, and I play DraftKings and stuff. You guys don't do that. You're too young. Um, <laughs> and I, and I went at it. Oh, hold on. Girlfriend's calling. I have to decline the call. Um, and then hold on again because I have to text her and tell her why I had to decline the call or she'll yell at me. All good. Call you back. Okay. Okay, now here's the secret here. Here's the secret. So the budget, you yep. want to have, you want to be able to get some horses on your team, right? Like you'd love to have Alvin Kamara on the team. The secret is how are we going to get the horses? This is what I've learned on the DraftKings and the FanDuel. And the answer to that is who's hurt this week? Yep. Or That's the secret. The secret is who can we get that costs basically nothing to free up our money for the big dogs? Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Dallas could be one of those guys maybe. Yep. He could. That's exactly the way you need to be thinking. It's like um, like this week in my lineup, I had Richie James in it because all the 49er receivers are hurt. Richie James is cheap. He was the number one receiver. Hello, 170 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns or whatever. Yep. Um, so that's the secret is who is going to get the touches at for Seattle at running back. Um, gosh. And this would probably be a game time decision, but think about Tony Pollard for yep. the Cowboys yep. if Zeke doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, is Kenyon Drake out? Is yeah, he, I yeah. Think so. But Edmonds is. It looks like Edmonds is like twenty five. So I think they adjusted that for him. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to catch the ones where they're screwing up and they haven't caught on to it yet. Um, who's getting the carries for Miami? Could be like Howard, maybe, or it could be. I, he might split with uh, DeAndre Washington. I think that potentially. <laughs> Howard's terrible. Yeah. Um, gosh, maybe try DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas, okay. Yeah. How how cheap is he? Let me search. Dallas. Damn it! I needed to prepare for this. Oh, Eleven see. bucks. Geez. The Seahawks running backs. Is Carson Carson's not going to play? Is he? Carson uh, and Hyde are both ruled out. I think already. Okay, both out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So Dallas is probably a good one. On the cheapo. Should I plug him in? And Travis Homer's got a little bit of a knee bruise. Yeah, you want DJ Dallas. All right. Yeah, I think. And now that means that Travis Homer's going to actually get all the carries. <laughs> True. All right. Plug in. I would plug in Camara. Camara. All right. <laughs> Quiet, dogs. We're doing something here. <laughs> <laughs> He's a treat. <sighs> okay wide receivers let me see if i if i already have my DraftKings lineups if i'm playing a cheapo lineups go marvin jones maybe if is god is a uh, galladay out i think so um, i don't know Oh, uh, he's uh, yeah, he's out. Marvin Jones. Galladay's cool. out. Yep. Okay, maybe Jones, but hold on, right. because if you really want to go next level, who's next? 
who's their third guy? Uh, because he becomes an every snap player, and he may be super cheap. Let's see. Just off the stats this year, their third receiver. Oh, Amendola, yeah. How cheap is Amendola? Thirteen. How much is Jones? <laughs> I think it was fifteen. Uh, yeah, fifteen, 15 and thirteen. Or, if you wanted to be a next level monster, like Quintez Cephas or Marvin Hall, <laughs> oh, because Amendola is not going to play in a two wide receiver set. Yeah. Um, gosh, but that's like, that's how I would build this is I would, you need to know like who's out and who's getting snaps because of it. Like my DraftKings lineup has Jerry Judy in it. That must be for a reason. Broncos have a receiver hurt. They got to, um, so let's see. Anybody hurt? Anybody hurt? I think Spencer is the only one. I'm seeing. Oh, okay. Huh. All right. Dang it. Uh, how much money do we have? Do we have a ton of money to spend? What are we working? We got one fifty for. We got a bunch of spots though. We yeah. can put in the defense real quick. I mean, just get the the cheap defense out of the way. Yeah. Which uh, which defense is fairly cheap but playing against a terrible team? Let's see. Uh, um. How much are like the Texans? Texans, they're 12. Is that cheap? Uh, okay. Hold on. The best one. Okay, go down to the – let's go to the very bottom. What's the cheapest? The cheapest is 10? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's see. Detroit – is Stafford out? He is. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, that might – you might want to play the Vikings at 10 bucks. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do that. Get in there cheap. Get in there cheap. What the heck just happened? Yeah. I don't know. Let me plug this back in. And then um, tight end. Stop. You'll uh, um, see 26 in there. Yeah, 26, 23. Kittle died. <laughs> Uh, Fant and Albert O are both playing for Denver, so that's tough. Um, take Kelsey. Let's take Kelsey. We're going to use this as one of our premium spots. Uh, should we go to wide receiver? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Get the dog out of you. Steve, you better chill out. Um, okay. What I really need is a list of injured wide receivers. Maybe there's something online that uh, that would say that. Let me just go to wide receiver rankings and see if some of these people are smart enough to have factored in the injuries. Uh, week nine, here we go. I'm just going to look for a name that jumps out because I think he'll be cheap. Uh, uh, um. Well, if Ridley doesn't play, that could be a – Whoever the three is, what is that? Um, Gage? Yeah, you could do Gage, but I think with them, 
the way that I might go with that is actually Julio and just really? and think that whatever it costs, he's going to go for a buck 50. Uh, are Lockett and Metcalf a similar price? Metcalf is 32, Lockett is 30. Okay, so they're both a lot. They're a lot. And we've got 114 bucks and five spots to fill. Yeah. Do each about. Um, okay. Devontae Adams already played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Julio is the most expensive. Yep, 33. Hmm. Take him. Take him? Take him. Let's do it. Give me one of our horses. All right, now I want two cheapos where we can do whatever we want at flex. Um, AB. Robbie Anderson might not be bad for 19. I mean, that's not terrible. There's Casey. No, it's, it's not bad at all. Um... Actually, how much? How much is David Montgomery? He's sixteen. He's got a great matchup and not competition in that backfield. Um. Potential flex. Put him at flex for now. All right. Put him at flex for now. And what do we need? We need a quarterback and two receivers. We only got sixty-five bucks. How much are the quarterbacks? Uh, kind of expensive. Okay, we got sixty-five. Uh, go go back down a little bit. All right. I'm considering Breeze with his fake his fake hurt shoulder. <laughs> Um, Michael Thomas is back too. Lamar's playing Indy. Put Breeze in. Let's go. Let's go. All right. 37. 37 bucks. All right. It's budget time. Um, let's see here. I'm looking for wide receivers. How much is Judy? I think it's 16. Yep, 16. Oh, he's against Atlanta. That could be a really good matchup. Yeah. Put him in. All right. One more. And who is around the $21 mark? You get Robbie Anderson, too, at 19. Ooh. Gosh, and DJ Moore. Yep. Man, all right. Let me. This site has Deontay Johnson at forty nine this week. AB is sixty two, so we're going to eliminate AB from that, and we're looking at Deontay Johnson versus Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Yep. Um, let's go with Robbie. All right. And then let's go. We have, all right, we'll save it. Win this thing. There we go. Stop let's go. Let's go. Let's get some money. If we don't win, it's all my fault. <laughs> but if we win, we're going to have to have you on here every week for, uh, for the help. 
<laughs> okay, but next time I'll prep for it and I'll be ready for it. This time I'm <laughs> flying by the seat of my pants because I'm not ready with the injuries. I figure that stuff out on Sunday. Yep. Uh. All right, so I guess after that, uh, now we can kind of get into the uh, the actual talk about the f- about the f- about football. Um, I guess we could start. Let's start with the Cowboys, the little Cowboys talk, since that's obviously your specialty. Max as well. Max a a big Cowboys fan, so obviously a tough matchup this week with a a jokester and a QB likely. Um, with which one of those? I don't know which one's starting, but gonna be Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Gary Gilbert got all the first team reps this week. I don't know. Um, people don't know that, but it'll be it'll be the great Garrett Gilbert. Well, I, th- I think we could keep it close. Not. I do too. Yeah, I think they can keep it within thirty. Yep. <laughs> Maybe even forty. Who knows? I, what did I? I predicted thirty-four to six. <laughs> we'll see. And I'm oh, dead serious. We could That's even more less than that. We could even. Who even knows if we'll get six? Oh yeah, Cowboys can be shut out. Totally. <laughs> Uh, oh so I mean, I guess, I guess my question would be, you know, what, what's your like whole takeaway right now with what, what the hell's going on in Dallas with the coaching, just with how the team's been doing. Obviously, the DAC injury killed them, but just in general, I mean, what is your, what is your take on what's going on down? Uh, DAC is better than he gets credit for, and see, DAC is uh, what thirty-one million dollars this year. Tyron Smith is like 15 million a year. Lyle Collins is like 12 million a year. So that's 27, that's 60 million of your 200 million that don't get to play. Jarwin is eight or 9 million. So you're almost at 70 million that don't get to play. Um, They just injuries screwed them. I think on defense, there's legitimate questions. They had terrible free agency there. They thought that Gerald McCoy was going to help them and he got hurt before the year started. They Mm -hmm. thought Don Don Terry Poe was going to help them. He couldn't play. They thought Everson Griffin was going to help him, and he didn't become decent until about week seven. Yeah. So, like, they had a lot of things happen. They brought in a defensive coordinator who wanted to do too much with no time to install it. They had a bust of free agency period, and they've been destroyed by injuries. So, I don't think it's some giant, like, oh, my God, blow up the Cowboys or Mike McCarthy can't coach. I, I like McCarthy. I like Kellen Moore. I don't necessarily like the defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, but you, you know, you partner bad free agency with being destroyed by injury and you're in a bad spot. So I I don't think it's all that surprising. And so for me, I'm watching the next eight games pulling for losses. And then, then you pay your quarterback, you trade down with somebody who wants to pick a quarterback and now you party. There you go. So, I've been seeing a lot of um, – well, on Instagram, I've been seeing a lot of kind of two sides to what people think should be done with Dak in that whole situation. First, I see people who are saying you pay Dak, you have the top pick, you'd use it on, say, Penny Sewell, uh, Patrick Sertan, whatever it may be. Um, or you could use that top pick, get a quarterback, and then use that money that would have been been uh, spent for Dak and use that on the defense and to build around Dak and the team in general. Uh, what side or what are your takeaways from that? Uh, I'm happy. I'm actually, I'm, I'm happy with either direction. Uh, to me, like you want to play a really fun game. Give me the top three quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Give me the top three. Probably in my opinion, Holmes, Russ, Russ, yeah, Patrick Holmes. Mahomes, 
third. Maybe this year, maybe Aaron Rodgers. I think you're right. So let's play another fun game. Give me the next three. Next three. Oof, that's tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's real tough. This year, you start thinking about guys like Tannehill and Josh Allen, you know. So Tyler this year, yeah. I think so Josh you, Allen could be four, maybe five. So if you look at it that way, man, do I want to move on from Dak when if he's healthy? He might be four. Uh, I, I just I, – I, you never want to intentionally downgrade a quarterback. So the only thing to me that would be really interesting for the Cowboys is if you ended up with a top two or three pick and you love the quarterback prospects. Because you don't do this unless you think, not only am I saving money because I'm picking a guy that's going to be on a rookie deal, but you also have to think this guy I think is going to be better than Dak. And that's hard to say. Yeah. At one, I'm doing it. I'm going Trevor Lawrence. And if I'm wrong, well, sorry, fans. We screwed it up. Yep. Uh, Justin Fields, maybe. You guys watched Zach Wilson at BYU? I haven't seen what, you look, what I've heard. Is, didn't he have the uh, big game? Was that? Uh, Wilson? Yeah. They they smoked Boise last night. Yeah, um, like they had like five, over five hundred yards. He's really really good. Uh, so like the names are out there, and I think the Cowboys will probably have a pick where they could pick one of at least the four quarterbacks because you throw in Trey Lance at North Dakota State. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, I would lean towards pay Dak, let somebody else give you a haul, mm -hmm. and trade down there and throw 12 to 14 darts at the board on those three days of the draft and see if you can find you a D tackle, a corner, um, a safety. They, they just, they could use so much and they could, they really need to find really good contributors that don't make any money mm -hmm. because their money's tied up. Yeah. Tank, Zeke, Jalen, Dak, Amari, Tyron, mm -hmm. Zach Martin, Lyle Collins, their big contracts are already given out. So they need cheap labor. Uh, so I can go either way. If you love the quarterback prospects that you could get, okay. And then tag and trade Dak, okay. It's dangerous business. Yeah. But but I would be interested in it. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, but more likely I would just pay Dak and trade the pick. Mm -hmm. I'll go after real quick. I kind of have a little bit of a follow-up uh, for that one. So with the draft picks, talking about that, uh, this kind of two parts, but first I would say, what do you think we end up with a top five pick or even top three pick, what we could get for that. And then also with the news of Jalen Smith and how they may be looking on, maybe looking to move on from him, what you think we could get from Jalen if they end up do moving on from him? Uh, nothing. I think you would have to cut him because he makes a lot of money. He's not very good. Uh, same with Zeke. Uh, but what was the question? What was the question? I forgot. It was, um, what do you think? Well, if we got a top five or even top three pick, what do you think we could get out of that? Okay. Um, so quarterbacks carry a premium. So if somebody were, let's say, like, let's say you're number two, you can look back at like the RG3 trade where Washington went up to get him. And I think it was like three ones and two twos. And it was a ton. And that was from a team coming from like five or six, I think. So if you go back further than that and it's somebody that's like in the teens that wants a quarterback, you probably take their one, two, three, 
their next year's one, two, three. Uh, and that's probably a starting point. Now, if you're at five or six and somebody's coming up for like the fourth quarterback, then you get less, but maybe you go back and you'll get their next year's one, their this year's one, maybe their two this year, uh, something like that, and maybe throw in a mid-round pick somewhere. So a lot, a lot. And, and then you ask yourself, like, okay, what about – uh, Sewell, the Oregon offensive lineman. Would I rather just stick here and pick what I consider a premier prospect or move down and have a chance at two, three, four good prospects? And yeah. it's the fun of the draft. Yeah. I mean, it should be interesting to see what happens there. I mean, I'm, I'm a Jets fan, so. Uh, hey, my, you get Lawrence. All right. I don't want Lawrence, so I'm, I'm kind of. I want them to trade down, honestly. I mean, I'm also, I also hate Trevor Lawrence. Just like, just, I don't know why there's, uh, his face is too big. Like, yeah. his, <laughs> well, the amount of face on his head is yeah. too much. Mm. Wow. You see, so you're a Darnold believer. I, I don't, I just feel like I don't think he's going to solve, Lawrence can just solve the whole team's problems. I feel like the, the issue is not the quarterback right now. It's the, the whole team, the coaching. So I don't think one guy, I mean, he's good, but I mean, is he a superior amount better than Darnold towards where he'll, make them from zero wins to like a playoff team I'd, I'd rather get like a like a crazy haul like you're saying and then just build around that you know i like it i like <laughs> it yeah it should be interesting to see though i don't know what the i i mean i'm sure it's the Jets, so i'm i'm pretty positive they'll trade darnold and then draft lawrence um but we'll see what happens there i, don't I know. think most teams would i think yeah. i think there's probably you know, look at like uh, the Cardinals when they use the 10th pick on Rosen and the next year you got a new coach and he was like, uh, give me Tyler. Yeah. So the Jets, you fire Gase at the end of the year. The next guy comes in. They're like, hey, what do you think of Darnold? And he's like, oh, I thought he was a good prospect and our team sucks. So he's never really had a chance here. Yeah. But I think Lawrence is going to be great. So let's trade Darnold. Uh, I think a lot of teams would do that for the potential of Lawrence. Darnold's tough, man. Yeah. Because he was I feel good, for the guy. He was a good college quarterback with some really nice traits and he has no chance, but he also just hasn't played well, but he has no chance. So what do you do with that? I think that's, that's tough to evaluate. And hopefully I think he'll end up somewhere else and hopefully he ends up in a better spot where he has a chance. Oh, yeah. I hope for the best for him for sure. Um, well, I guess on that, we can, uh, we, a segment, another segment we do each week with the NFL is we go through all of the games and we kind of go through who we think is going to win them. So uh, if that sounds good to you, we'll we'll go through that right now. Oh, I don't even have to use this. I don't have to pick against the spread. I just have to pick a winner. Yeah, just winner, no spread. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll share the screen, and uh, we'll, oh, that's not. All right. Uh, so first game on the agenda here uh, will be Texans Jags, uh, both the one and six. That's kind of crazy. Uh, Jeff, we'll start with you. What are you thinking for this one? Texans. Jags don't even have Minshew. I forgot the name of the guy they're even starting. I think his name's like Jake. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, one of the later round rookies or something like that, but there's definitely no way the Jaguars win this game. It's going to be all Texans for me. Yeah, it looks like the kid's name is uh, Jake Luton or something there like that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, should be an easy Texans win there. I, I don't think that'll be too close. They're, it's crazy that they're one and six, though. I mean, that well, is... Bill O'Brien destroyed their entire team. I know. There's, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to get back to uh, being a playoff team really soon. Yeah. 
Next one, we'll go to uh, NFC East, Giants and the football team. This should be a uh, – I mean, this is good for, for the Cowboys, I guess, if one of these teams is going to lose. So uh, what are you guys thinking here? I want the Giants to win because uh, I want more teams to have as many or more wins as the Cowboys do. But I will actually take the Washington front to be too much for Daniel Jones, and I'll take Washington. This is a tough one for me, but I'm probably going to have to agree with Jeff on this one. I mean, I do like the Je- uh, the Giants, excuse me, after especially what they did last week versus, versus the Buccaneers, and they were able to keep it close. But versus the Washington football team, the football team's strength is where the Giants' weakness is, so that's going to be a little bit too much for the Giants to handle. Yeah, I'm going to go football team here to uh, – I agree. I just think that that D-line is going to be too much for them to handle – Giants seem to have, you know, I don't know what's going on with Golden Tate, but there's some issues there. So, I mean, who knows what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I'll take the football team here. I think they'll be able to pull it out. should be probably a close game, probably low scoring because they both kind of suck. But, uh, yeah, I'll take the football team there. Uh, Ravens, Colts, um, both five and two. Uh, Mac, let's start with you on this one. What are you thinking? The Colts are actually a better team than a lot of people uh, take them to be. Uh, they're sitting at 5-2, as you guys see. But the Ravens, um, they should be able to pull out a win here. They had their tough game versus the Steelers. They came out hot. They kind of slowed down uh, towards the end of that game. But I think this is a game where Lamar Jackson could win. And it's really going to be a battle between these uh, the fronts. The Baltimore Ravens, uh, the fronts, excuse me, the front seven of the Baltimore Ravens going against going against the strength of the Colts in their offensive line, which is top three. But I do think the Baltimore Ravens, just their defense is too good uh, for this Colts offense to handle. I'll take the Ravens as well. Uh, Lamar hasn't been as good this year, but I also think they haven't protected him as well. And the fact that they don't really have weapons is starting to be exposed. That Willie Sneed is your second best receiver is a problem. But um, – I'll take the Ravens. I think Lamar has enough and Phillip Rivers from week to week. I can't decide if he's still really good or if he's totally washed up. So I will take Baltimore. Yeah, I agree with that. I, myself as well. I, I, I've just not believed in the Colts. I'm kind of surprised they're five and two. I feel like they're always kind of that team, especially Phillip Rivers. He just kind of, just kind of like plays well occasionally. And then we'll just have one of those games where it's like just four interceptions. You just can't throw the ball well, but I think the Ravens will win. I think the defense, I think this is going to be one of those games for Phillip where he's going to, he's going to struggle a bit against that defense, but yeah, Lamar has definitely not been uh, as advertised like he was last year. He's definitely been contained more. And I like the point about the weapons being exposed. Uh, Marquise Brown, they haven't really used him at all this year. So it'll be interesting to see the Ravens could be in trouble later in the season, but for now I'll give them this one against the Colts. Uh, Yeah. Lions Vikings um, should be interesting. No Matthew Stafford, um, so I'll start this one. I'm going to take the Vikings since Matthew Stafford's not playing. They just beat the Packers uh, in a good game, uh, even though the win was there. Even that kind of Dalvin Cook had a, a monster game that was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings. I feel like they're a solid, solid two and five team, and I just feel like the Lions are are going to struggle. I don't know who's quite starting for them at quarterback, but uh, yeah, I'll go with the Vikings here. Me too. No Stafford, no W. <laughs> Good way to put it. I'm going to take uh, the Vikings as well. I mean, the Vikings were able to prove that they don't need to pass the ball to win. You, you could just really use Kirk Cousins as a compliment to uh, Dalvin Cook when Dalvin Cook is hot. So if they keep playing like that, keep um, playing offense like that, excuse me, 
uh, they could be a good team and get some more wins for the, for the rest of the season. Should be interesting to see what happens there. Dalvin Cook definitely uh, the for, the main force on that offense. Bears Titans. Uh, the Bears, a team, you know, it's a weird team. I mean, I, before we start with the breakdown, Jeff, I kind of want to get your take on this. What do you think about the uh, the Nick Foles Trubisky situation? I know Trubisky's hurt right now, uh, but just in general, I mean, who do you think really should be the starter there when they're both fully healthy? Golly, um, well, if you have two quarterbacks, you have zero quarterbacks. So uh, I will be picking Tennessee because they have a quarterback. Um, the weird thing is Trubisky's five and zero, oh, isn't he? He didn't lose a game. I think Trubisky's three and zero. Okay, he didn't lose a game as a starter and still got benched yep. because he wasn't any good. But Nick Foles isn't any better. I gosh, I guess I would go with Foles. But I predicted before the year that they would switch at least four times this year because <laughs> neither one is any good. So I think it's a losing proposition either way. Maybe I would play Trubisky just because he's younger and just see if he can kind of get it together. But either way, I know I'm in the market for a quarterback next year. Mm -hmm. So I guess that would be a reason to play Foles because we're only trying to figure out this season. And then we're moving on from both of you. Yeah, I'll say Foles should play, but, man, I don't feel good about either one. <laughs> All right, I'll probably for this game. I'm actually going to go with the Bears. I liked what I saw from them last week when they were able to hang with uh, the New Orleans Saints. They went to overtime but lost. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, however, they have been playing great. They lost to the Bengals. Uh, had a slow start last week um, offensively, but they started picking things up later in the game. But the Bears, I think – defensively they're too good and offensively uh the quarterback situation as you said they just have to hit up some more of those throws like they got a really good rookie there in Darnell Mooney uh who's been open for he's getting open pretty easily it kind of seems but they're just missing him so once those things start to click offensively starting to make those completions uh this team could be really scary just to add on to that real quick I Allen Robinson is one of the players I'm like most passionate about in the entire NFL for no reason. <laughs> Allen Robinson would be a Hall of Famer, but he's never played with a quarterback and he just keeps having thousand yard years with bums. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Titans here. Uh, I don't know. I just am not a big believer on the Bears. I just feel like their defense definitely is, is the key for that team. But I feel like the Titans are due for a bounce back week. I feel like they'll be a uh, Rabel will have them ready to go after a really bad loss from the Bengals. I feel like Derrick Henry. We'll be back having a bigger game this week. So uh, I'm going to give the Titans this one, but it definitely could be close. Bears defense uh, can never be uh, truly doubted. I think uh, the fans Andrew. are going to love uh, the dog licking you, Jeff. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Andrews, uh, Chiefs, to me, this is Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs shouldn't yeah. win this one. McCaffrey is back, so that's something to watch, I guess. But uh, Running I'm backs don't matter. It's pretty good. Oh, sorry. I was just saying running backs don't matter. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Chiefs, big. All right. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys there. I mean, me and uh, Griffin were kind of high on the Panthers. Actually, no, that was me. My bad. That was the Raiders I was talking about. Oh, yeah. I thought that Panthers defense was going to be a little bit better uh, than I anticipated this year after all those draft picks. But uh, they look good some games. They don't look good other games. The Chiefs are going to get a win here. Yeah, I think yeah. the Chiefs are uh, – that's a team to be reckoned with right now. Seahawks, Bills – it's going to be a really good game. Uh, Jeff, what are you thinking for this one? I'll go with let Russ cook. I'm going to go with Seattle. Um, Buffalo was weird. What was it? Like four weeks into the year, Josh Allen had to be in the top three of MVP conversation. <laughs> but that's kind of tapered off. 
really good team. Seattle's a really bad defense. So I could totally be wrong on this one, but I'm just betting on Russ and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Mm -hmm. I'm going to agree with you. Seahawks should be able to get a win. I don't know if the Bills defense, uh, they haven't been as good as um, really the talent that they have on that defense. Um, uh, that didn't make sense, but they have a lot of talent on that defense, but they haven't been able to put it together. Um, sense. Kind of like they, they've been good, but not really the expectations, I would say, in my opinion, well, at least of what I expected. Uh, but this, be a, this is going to be a game where I think it could even come down to the final drive. It's going to be a battle between these offenses. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go Hawks here. Uh, Bills D, like you said, Mac, has not been uh, as good as, as it has been in the past year. Seahawks D, uh, they do get Jamal Adams back this week, so that will be a big addition. He's been out for most of the year, but the defense definitely is still there. Is kind of in shambles a bit, but Jamal Adams should help, and to me that offense is is too overpowering, and our boy DJ Dallas, so uh, hopefully we'll, we'll have a game there. So we hope for the best from him. Let's go, DJ. <laughs> Broncos, Falcons. Um, Oh, this is kind of a tough one. Um, Mac, what do you think about this one? We'll start with you. Oh, this is a hard one for me. You know, I'm probably going to go give it to the Broncos. I mean, they came off uh, that win last week versus the Chargers. They came back. Uh, the Falcons, they've looked really good offensively, especially Julio Jones. Uh, hopefully he goes off. But uh, I think the Broncos are going to come out on top on this one. Anytime that I don't have a strong feeling on a game, I pick the quarterback. So I'll take Matt Ryan and I'll take the Falcons. Plus, it's better for the Cowboys because I need the Falcons to get another win, catch up to the Cowboys, and then get another win, move ahead of the Cowboys so that we can pick higher. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Broncos here. The oh, Falcons. how dare you guys? <laughs> I am an expert. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go Broncos. Ridley could be out. So it will be good for our boy Julio. But other than that, uh, Gurley's kind of been a disaster these past few weeks. He just looks terrible. Uh, Broncos, um, I like what I saw from Locke last week. Uh, they got two good tight ends there. Defense is all right. So I feel like it'll just be one of those games. Maybe the Falcons will choke like a 10-point lead or something in the fourth. So I'll take the Broncos here. Got to go against the experts sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Raiders, Chargers. This is uh, two teams that me and Mac have honestly been pretty high on. We think they're both pretty good teams, even though the Chargers are uh, two and five. Uh, I'll start here. I'm going to go with the Vegas Raiders here, uh, a team that I really like, a team that I think will ultimately make a push into the playoffs. Uh, I just think Derek Carr is going to have a solid game. Jacobs has kind of been a little slow these past few weeks. I know he had 100 rushing yards uh, last week, I think, against the Browns, but he hasn't gotten in the end zone in a while. I feel like that will change here. Uh, and that defense has played pretty solid this season. Uh, I feel like they'll be able to contain the Chargers, and it's really been Keenan Allen that's been the killer uh, for teams going against them. Herbert loves him. Uh, but the running back situation for L.A. is a little shaky right now. I mean, they've got guys that are doing well, but it's no studs back there. So uh, I'll give the Raiders this one, but it, it should be close. What are you thinking for this one, Jeff? I'm going to take the Chargers. I really like how Herbert has played this year, and – I don't have it in front of me, but I feel like every game they lose is a one-score game. It is. Like, it's been a one-score game every – it's crazy. They're super competitive. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Chargers. This is a stupid pick because they're not a good team. But I'll take their pass rush, and I'll take Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and I'll ride that pony. Yeah, I think it's going to be close. I mean, I was still kind of deciding when you guys were talking, but – uh, I think it's going to be the Raiders. I think as um, 
Well, the Chargers, as you said, they've only lost one score games. It's probably going to be the same thing in this game. But the Raiders, Josh Jacobs, should hopefully be able to get in the end zone this week after not getting in last week. Uh, their offense, uh, it's looking right. Uh, a lot of potential there, though. And I love the Henry Ruggs uh, addition um, for that team. I said this in previous episodes to Griffin. Even though he may not be getting the targets, he may not be getting the receptions, but he's still able to take the top off that defense uh, to open up some open up the field for some other guys on, on that offense. So I think the Raiders are going to get a close win in this one. Yeah, I agree with that, Mac. Um, Dolphins Cardinals to his second career start uh, going against Kyler Murray. The Dolphins have been one of those teams this year that have kind of surprised people. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I'm thinking. Jeff, what do you think? We'll start with you. I think Kyler has kind of been good, but also up and down this year. Mm-hmm. I will, golly, you know, I really liked that the Dolphins signed Byron Jones and they have Xavier Howard, and that's why they've got a really good defense. So if anybody's got a shot to slow down DeAndre Hopkins, it is the Dolphins. But I'm going to say the Dolphins can't repeat what they did last week defensively, where Tua averaged four yards per attempt and got a blowout win. So I will take the Cardinals. I'm going to agree with you there. I mean, uh, the Tua thing, he he looked all right last week. He was a little bit inconsistent, wasn't really getting involved as much. Had a good, He had a nice touchdown throw. But it was really the, the entire team, the defense, the special teams, that was able to win them that game. And I don't see that Miami Dolphins are going to be able to do that two weeks in a row, especially versus uh, the Arizona Cardinals, who have been a pretty good team. So I'm going to give this to the Cardinals. And I think Chase Edmonds um, even has potential to – possibly be a, the number one back in Arizona when, uh, when Kenny and Drake comes back. I mean, when I watch him, I just feel like he's a little bit more shifty, more explosive uh, than Kenny and Drake and a little bit more consistent in my opinion. Yeah. I'm going to go Cardinals here too. I think the Dolphins defense is good, but they're going to have more trouble uh, stopping Kyler uh, just because of his, his, uh, his game style. It's not Jared Goff where he's sitting in the pocket and just throwing uh, you got to deal with all the scrambling. And I think that'll be different from them. I don't think they'll have the same success. Uh, and like you guys have already said, uh, Tua had a good game uh, for the sake of the game script, I guess you could say, but in general really wasn't that great. Uh, so until I see him play uh, like a stud, and I think he's going to have to play pretty well to win this game against a pretty solid Cardinals team. So I'm going to take the Cardinals, but Tua could definitely pull something off if he has a really nice game. So we'll see what happens there. Steelers and the Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> Do we even have to talk about this one? Steelers by 30. Yeah, yeah. This should be a should be a fun one. Garrett Gilbert, I guess it's official uh, now. ESPN says uh, he'll be starting, so maybe uh, it's sad um, to see Ben DiNucci get benched, but here, yeah. Here's here's my official predictions: the Steelers will have at least six sacks. They will force at least two fumbles from Gilbert, and they will intercept at least two passes. I mean, Any touchdowns from the defense for the Steelers. One. One. Just one. I mean, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be bad for the Cowboys. I mean, yeah, Terrence Steele Steele starting out at right tackle that that's not looking good, especially against that Steelers front seven. This is gonna be a bad game for the Cowboys. So yeah, against DJ Watt, that should be a fun one. <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be good. Oh boy, um, Saints Buccaneers. This could be a really good game, honestly. Uh, AB's gonna be there. Michael Thomas is gonna be there. Chris Godwin looks like he'll play, so it looks like all the receivers will play. I'm going to go first. I'm going to take the Bucs here. Uh, the Bucs are a team I've been uh, pretty high on. They didn't have a great game at all against the Giants. 
Uh, that was really scary for them, but I feel like they'll get it going this week. They are home and they get uh, Brady's boy AB back. Uh, they've got, they established a great connection in that one game they had last year. It seems like they like each other a decent amount, a decent amount. Uh, Mike Evans will probably have zero receptions. I said on uh, uh, Max Cousins podcast yesterday against Marshawn Lattimore, he'll, uh, he'll be held to zero catches once again. Uh, so don't expect much out of him, but overall, I think the Buccaneers and their defense will be able to, uh, to contain the Saints here enough. So I'll take the Bucs. Oh, for me, this is, this is tough. I mean, two divisions, two pretty good teams, but I did not like what I saw from the Buccaneers last week. Really, they couldn't put anything together until the end of that game. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints, also because we have Drew Brees and Alan Kamara and our team that we picked. So I'll take the Saints in this one. I'm going to take the Bucks, and I don't like doing it because I'm a Tom Brady hater. Um, but I believe since losing to the Saints earlier this year, they have the top point differential in the league. Tom Brady doesn't lose to a division opponent twice in a year. Uh, I hate Tom Brady. I'm picking the Bucks. Yeah, I'm not a not a Tom Brady guy myself. I can can say for sure either. But uh, oh well, now we'll get to uh, his former team versus uh, versus the Jets. Oh, Darnold's not going to be playing. That's lovely. So uh, that's good. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to change my pick. I don't know. Uh, well, Jeff doesn't know this, but I actually just had that weird feeling to me that the Jets would actually somehow be able to pull this off because it's like every year those, that one unexpected game versus the Patriots, no matter how bad the Jets are, no matter how good the Patriots are, they somehow kind of seem that they end up winning one game a year versus, versus the Patriots team. But this was a game I thought that that could be possible, uh, but Sam Donald's out. So I guess I'm going to have to switch that, sadly. Yeah, I think I think the Jets since Darnold got there are over if he doesn't start. I may be wrong about that. I don't know why. Um, I'm I wouldn't be surprised because I mean, who are the who are the they had? Uh, well, they I, had. Oh, I don't even know. They had Simeon, and then he got oh, hurt, yeah. and then they had. Uh, oh, it's Flacco, right? The, well, they oh have yeah, Flacco the now, but Flacco. last year they had this. I mean, this joke. I forget who it was last year. Um, oh, what was that guy's name? He was. I mean, terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take the Patriots yeah uh I think I mean I I regardless of even if Darnold played I think uh I think this one is gonna go to the Pats I think Cam Newton will have a a better game it can't really get much worse than how he's been playing um and it's also the Jets so I don't really expect the Jets and Frank Gore and Joe Flacco I mean they got killed by the Dolphins the last time that they them two were playing so yeah I'll go the uh the Pats on some good prime time for the Jets. How lovely that the the whole nation gets to watch the New York Jets play football. What a treat. Was it the Jets who had Hackenberg? A while ago. Not last okay. year. Last year was Luke Falk. It might have been him, yeah. You had Darnold Simeon and Luke Falk. Yeah, that's the that's the That's the that trio. That's really dynamic. And, uh, looks like a couple of snaps for David Fails. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he did play. I remember that guy. Yep, Luke Falk. That guy was uh, awful, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Um, I have a quick question actually that just came to my mind, uh, and I don't want to lose it. But you're a big draft guy. I know that. Uh, you kind of said how you kind of got involved with it, but I really love the draft. I know a lot of my friends are really interested in the draft. It's one of their favorite sporting events, uh, really all year round. Um, but I guess the main thing is because it's really hard to become a scout, but how'd you 
really figure out how to grade players and look at traits um, to grade players and determine what round you think they're going to go in, their fit for teams, things of that nature? Uh, I think you just – if you watch a lot of football, I think a lot of people can do it mm-hmm. because – it really boils down to like a lot of people will use a bunch of scouting terms and make it sound really complicated, but let's say you're watching a corner. What's his job? Cover the receiver. Yep. Okay. How does he does? How does he do on a play in and play out basis when he gets beat? Why? When he doesn't, why not? And Mm -hmm. so basically you just start making notes on, all right, he's super athletic, really good agility. Mm-hmm. technique is sound you don't see him getting beat off the line of scrimmage when the ball is in the air is he still kind of in control and, and or is he panicking like mm-hmm. it's all these different things and then i think for round grades you're just putting them up relative to all right i watched that corner and uh i think that he's awesome he's going to be an nfl starter in year one that's a one uh i watched this guy and man i really like that he's 6'2", and he's got long arms, and he's super athletic, but he's really not all that consistent. Okay, that's second round or third round. Um, it, 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 I guess you just kind of write down the numbers one through seven on a piece of paper, and in one, you'll say you'll write down immediate starter. Mm-hmm. And in two, you'll write down immediate contributor, future starter. And in three – you're getting to the point where now you're starting to chase traits more often where it's like, well, he's got a lot of upside and if he hits, this would be really good. So bam. And then you just kind of go from there. Fourth round. uh, I think he can contribute on special teams right away and maybe develop into a player. And then five, six, and seven, you're just chasing after um, he's too small. He's not athletic enough, but man, he's a hell of a football player. So maybe he can overcome it or man, he's six, three and he runs a four, three, but he's not a very good football player. Can we turn him into a football player? You just do it that right. Just write one through seven and then write things that are really, really nice at the top, aren't as nice at the bottom, and then fill in in between. Thanks. That, that was really good information. <laughs> that, that came to my mind because I was thinking I was just watching. Um, I started to watch because I had my five-hour driving course this morning. But after that, I was watching the live stream you had of breaking down Patrick Sertan, Dylan Moses. Uh, so that was good, and that kind of popped in my head to ask. Sertan, that game, you don't learn a whole lot because the, the game that I have the All-22 for from Alabama so far this year, they threw it in one time. So, like, you can you can get things from it for sure, but with corners, you really want to see them actually get thrown at. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, on the topic of the draft, last year's draft, did you have any, like, who was, like, your main, like, did you have, like, a main sleeper that you really were big on that, I mean, I don't know if he's doing well now, but did you have like one of like who were some of your sleepers that you really liked in the draft? Um, let me see. I can pull up my board. I bet um, DK Metcalf was my top receiver. So, or no, that was two years ago, right? Let me pull up mm-hmm. my Google board. Google is a good sleeper to have, I guess. Yeah, I thought DK was actually going to go in the first round after that combine. Really? But. Well, teams are stupid. They thought he couldn't change direction, and that somehow that meant that he couldn't play football. I don't understand. 2020 draft board. Let's see here. Um, who did I really like? CD Lamb, wide receiver one. Um, for sleeper, I'm assuming that would mean like that I was higher on than most people. And yep. I don't, I don't know if I had a 
giant one this year. Or, or I could also say, um, are there are are there any maybe later round picks that of kind of turned your head that you thought would be better than most people did? Mm, I'm going through. I'm going through. I'm going through. Gosh, most years I could just start ripping off names, but from this year's draft. I haven't really been surprised by much. Uh, the Patriots, that was it a guard that they picked that's been freaking incredible that was picked on day three. Uh, I didn't even study him. So, like, that's how not highly he was ranked by other people that I never even got to him. Um, I, I hate to not have an answer to a question, but I don't have, as I'm looking at this, anything that really jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. No, I got nothing. All right. Well, I was just curious. Um, so I guess, you know, you said CD obviously was your wide receiver one. So were you happy? I assume that means you were happy with the pick once uh, the Cowboys made it. That CD oh, I was, was thrilled. I was terrified that they would, because um, we do the whole, we do the draft on 105.3 The Fan and DallasCowboys.com. We do it on both at the same sure. time. And uh, we do every pick all the way through the whole draft. And uh, I was, uh, he was there, and I was like, okay, guys, here's what's happening. The best player on the board right now is CD Lamb, and there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. He's the best player on the board by far. He was like my sixth best player in the draft. And uh, I said, the Cowboys really want pass rush help, and they like Caleb on Chase on. I know they do. I said, so what's happening right now is I guarantee you the Cowboys have CD Lamb graded higher than Caleb on Chase on but I don't know if they'll pick him. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was actually getting nervous. I'm, I was sitting there with my dad. I'm like, before the draft even started, I'm like, if one of the big three receivers falls to us, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we could go Caleb on chase on. So we got lucky. I was, I was really nervous at that point, though. Yeah, I was ecstatic. When they actually picked him, I was like, hell yeah, look at them making good decisions. This is new. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I love that pick. I kind of want to go to their next pick now in Trayvon Diggs. So he showed a lot of potential, but then he's also showed uh, kind of what you would expect from a rookie blowing some coverages, uh, giving up some deep balls. What do you think he's going to end up being uh, down the line in the next few years? I think he'll be a solid starting corner. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think right now he's a guy that's getting torched, but he's also making some plays and you can tell that he plays super hard and he's super physical uh, and he's growing and he's learning. So I think, and maybe next year, I think that he'll be a guy where you'll just you'll go into a game, and I don't think he's going to be like a shut down, follow a team's number one and lock him down. But he'll be a guy that you don't worry about. That's a that's a solid to good starting NFL corner, and I think that's fine. I got. I don't. I don't know if I have too too much more. I mean, do you got anything else, Mac, that you want to ask? That, that's good for me. I, we got. What do you got, Mac? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> my questions are like I really love the draft, so that really answered my question coming into this because I've been trying to get more involved in it. But the thing that I've been struggling with was uh, like grading and ranking players. Like I know the players I obviously like, and uh, maybe the round that they should go in. Like uh, when I watch you, for example, when the draft was coming up, uh, players you like by doing, for example, mock drafts, things like that. I'd watch those and maybe compare players uh, that you were kind of picking at that point to see what I like, but I, I can never really tell 
uh, the main maybe technique things that really stood out and were different between the two players. Uh, so that's kind of main. It can be tough. It, it can be tough depending on what film you have access to, because a lot of times if you're, because most people you have to watch the kind of TV copy, right? The best thing that you can do is literally Google player's name verse and hit search on YouTube mm-hmm. and people have condensed it. You can watch all the plays, but yeah, I think you just need to, cause you can watch those games in like eight to 10 minutes because mm-hmm. guys will cut them down and you could look up, for instance, today I was watching Sertan, right? A month from now, if you Google Patrick Sertan verse and just hit enter, it'll mm-hmm. pop up two or three games and just watch him. And literally when you see something that he does well, type it. Mm-hmm. And if he gets beat, type Y. Like, what happened? Did he appear like he was lost? Was it an IQ thing? Is he not quick enough? Is he, you know, and just, and from there, I think it'll start to come together. Almost do it like like a stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Let your fingers rest on the keyboard while you watch a player. Type what you see. What you like. If you made a big play. What you don't like. You got beat. And then at the end of it, because I've done this before, where I'll be like, uh, and I'll finish again, I'll put him in the third round. And then we'll go back and we'll be putting together our group board because we have a group of three guys that does this together. And they'll be like, all right, this player. And I'll be like, third round. And somebody will be like, I, I had him in the second. And Broadus will be like, what do your notes say? And I'll read through my notes. And I'll be like, wow, that's better than a third round player. You're right. Move him up. So just have, just write, just write while you're watching a guy and then when you go back you'll be surprised you'll know did oh that's a lot of really good things and not a lot of really negative things and you'll know where to put them and um, email me or i'll send you my email address and i don't want to say what i'm going to send you but it's a (laughs) nice tool that i should not have access to but i do um (laughs) that can tell you what a lot of nfl teams consider one two three four five six seven Mm-hmm. So when you're watching a guy and you're like, what do I think he could do on Sundays? You can just line it up with what I'll send you and you'll know which round to put him in. Thank you so much. I'd really appreciate that. Yep. Yep. Awesome. That's great. That is awesome. Um, I guess, you know, one, I don't know, this is a kind of a weird question, I guess, but just talking about the draft, I mean, one name that, you know, a guy who like a Mel Kuyper type guy, like those guys, you know, on the big, big networks, like the ESPN, I feel like sometimes those guys get like a lot of hate for, having a, having wrong predictions and stuff like that. What is your take on like guys like Mel Kuypers, uh, even like Todd McShay, guys like that? Like, do you, are that like, do you think those guys, like, I mean, some people act like they don't know what they're doing. Like, what's your kind of take on that? I think that Mel Kuyper is really important to the draft world because without him, it's probably not covered the way that it is, or maybe it would be, but like he was kind of the originator. Mm-hmm. I think McShay is really good. I don't know that Mel Kuyper does all the work that he used to do once upon a time. I think once you reach a certain point, you rely on just asking people. And I could totally see Kuyper kind of doing that now. To me, the guys who I know put in the time and who I know the way they grade players is as accurate as anybody are Dane Brugler at The Athletic and Lance Zerline at NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Those two are probably the best. And if you check their rankings and then five years later, look back and see who nailed this thing. McShay and Kuiper, you know, they work for ESPN, they, the juggernaut. So giant followings and all that. And I'll respect anybody's work as long as you do the work. 
Um, I think McShay probably does the actual tape grinding work more than Kuiper does now. And I think Dane and Lance Zerline are the best. Well, for any viewers watching, those are the guys to probably, of course, Jeff is number one, but after. Yeah, yeah I just, I'm always, I'm months behind them because they do this year round. And yeah. I start, I started today. Literally, if you watched me watching Alabama today on my YouTube channel, you watched the first college tape I've watched. Yeah. Jeff, everyone, make sure to go watch him, especially when draft time comes to. He puts out some great, great, great videos and great and gives you great information on everything going on. So I appreciate uh, you coming on today and speaking with us about all this stuff. Heck yeah, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Of course. Uh, hopefully, he can even have you on another time especially if we uh end up winning that fantasy league we, we definitely got to have you on every single time we do that whatever i'm in i don't got nothing to do <laughs> that's great so i guess with that we'll wrap things up here as always thank you guys for watching make sure to follow us on instagram my instagram is mac.rommel griffin's instagram is uh griffin senek and uh make sure to follow all jeff's socials as well those will be uh in the link uh down below we'll put his youtube uh also probably a link to uh to the fan as well. We'll make sure to get all the, uh, all the links down there. So, yep. So thank you all for watching. Uh, have a good day. Good week. Stay safe. Enjoy your football Sundays and we'll see you next week on outside the arena.